welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money in beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. All right, Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited too. So let's just dive right in. And I would love for you to share with me what originally piqued your interest to pursue a career in sustainability in the interior product industry of all things. Absolutely. So funny enough, I was a bubble kid. I was allergic to everything. Dust, uh, had terrible food allergies. And when I was a kid, one thing that me and my family did on the weekends, we would go to different model homes. And that was just kind of something that we did on the weekends. And so at a young age, like I was, you know, talking to architects and knew what a sconce was. Um, And then some family members, my mom and my aunt, they built their homes. So I was always like on the construction site as a kid for many years. And it really just made me really passionate and interested in architecture and the interior design industry. And then there was a really, you know, pivotal moment in my life at that point I wanted to be an architect since the age of nine. I had been planning all these years and then decided to, for volunteer hours, I worked at a camp with Cleveland Clinic for kids that had upper respiratory issues and it was called Fresh Air Camp. And it really just kind of put a picture together for me about how important indoor air quality was and how buildings really impact our health. And so my senior year of high school, I pivoted and decided to actually pursue a degree in biomedical engineering instead and figured, you know, along the way, it's a journey and I'll figure out full circle how, you know, human health would, you know, really come together with the architecture industry. I was really privileged enough to actually shadow different architects in high school and none of them were talking about human health. And so really, you know, it was interesting for me to kind of go down this different pathway and then decided to go to D.C. for my uh, master's in engineering management and found the U.S. Green Building Council. It was just kind of like, oh, my people, like there are people that are doing this work that are passionate about sustainability, although I didn't know what the term was as a child, passionate about human health and the built environment. Yeah, I love that. And I also love your antidote about going to model homes on the weekend because I too spent <laughs> many a time in model homes as I yes. which is probably one of the many things that fueled my interest in the interior design industry. And I love how the industry has so many different facets, right? From just, you know, the aesthetic look of yes. that home to all the way to down to the granular of how that built environment affects people inside of it and especially their health because all of these products that are making up these spaces are really more than just look and feel, but how it contributes to our well-being. So I love that journey came full circle in that. So now fast forward to today, you are now the Global Sustainability Director at Milliken. So tell us what your day-to-day looks like in your role. Absolutely. So I work with all of our teams globally, cross functions. One thing that I really focus on is strategy, like I'm responsible for our sustainability strategy. So really looking internally to see where there are opportunities 
also educating our team internally and also helping our sales team and marketing team to communicate our story to the marketplace. I also, you know, kind of keep a pulse on what's new that includes trends, new technologies, also always looking for potential partners and collaborators. So it's very much an internal engagement as well as external too. So specifically about like trends and technologies, what are some of the things that you've seen over the last few years that are coming up in your research right now? I would love to hear more about that. Absolutely. Transparency and material health has been trending for the last eight years. We're really starting to see probably over the last four years, a really big push towards body carbon and lower and body carbon products. Water, you hear about coming and going, but water, of course, has always been a huge trend for sustainability, energy efficiency. USGBC has been around for 25 plus years and energy efficiency was, you know, kind of the start of that movement. And it's just expanded and grown to include human health and all of those other trends as well. We're starting to hear a lot more over the years, too, around reuse, recyclability, circular economy. Sustainability is a very broad topic. It is. It is. And I was just having a conversation recently about sustainability with someone. And I had recently reread Cradle to Cradle, that book. Yes. Yes. And I had read it in college, but it didn't really click with me then. (laughs) Yes. Now, especially because sustainability is a broad topic, is brought up in the design process in interior product manufacturing. With it being such a broad topic, how do you even narrow it down to choose what to focus on and then pass that on to other parts of your organization? Because I know, too, you you shared with me when we met briefly at Neocon that you're looking at sustainability from like start to finish and holistic. Yes, it is. A lot of interior products don't. So yes. the like or just understand how do you take this very large word specifically in the interior design industry and break it down to make sense and for other departments in your company to implement it in an impactful way. Absolutely. Professor Charles Redmond has a sustainability definition that has resonated with me for years, that it is the connectivity of the world and the implication of our actions, finding solutions through innovative approaches Expanding future options by practicing environmental stewardship, building governance institutions that continually learn, and instilling values that promote justice. So when we mention an awareness of the impact of the environment, that includes the products and the services we buy. It includes our daily habits. Sustainability is personal. Um, We have to look internal too. You know, how can we reduce our own consumption? How can we reuse where we can? How can we recycle and have better ecosystem for recycling as well? I was actually at another conference and spoke with an industry colleague and mentioned how like I put taps on the bottom of my shoes to make them last longer. I repair my clothes. You know, I go to a seamstress and have them stitch something up. I try to reuse as much as I can any product that I have. I try to repair. I have like my <laughs> my home is built in like 1956. I still have the original oven and I get upset when I can't find parts for it. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> that is one of a kind because most people are not thinking to that level because I've seen interior designers more so focus on appeasing their client, right? What are their clients' needs? Their client is going into a new space and the space might already have things that can be functional, but they gut it 
and start from scratch. So I would love to see the industry have your state of mind in repairing the oven from 1950s. Like, what can we reuse right now and have less consumption and really be forward thinking to think about like the future of our world? Like, where are we going with that? All right. So with sustainability, I know you just mentioned a few different terms that typically come up with sustainability. And I would love for you to break it down in layman's terms for those users. So some of the things that you talked about was sustainable sourcing, renewable energy, being socially responsible. Tell us what that means as if you're talking to a kindergartner. What do those terms mean? Absolutely. So sustainable sourcing is the environmental, the ethical, and social considerations that companies use to select suppliers. These suppliers, you know, you want them to have a positive impact on the environment. So we don't want them to tolerate slavery, forced labor, human trafficking in their supply chain. There's a really great tool out on the market, Ecovadis. It's a globally recognized assessment platform that rates businesses sustainability. It makes it really easy to find sustainable suppliers and that they actually have a report so you can see across the different topics where they rank. Milliken and Company, we actually achieved a gold rating in our 2022 assessment, ranking us in the top 7% of all companies. It's something that we are proud of, but also look for this for the suppliers that we're using as well. So looking for sustainable sourcing means that you are sourcing responsibly. These are socially responsible organizations and just being a good steward to the environment. And that's really important that I haven't seen many manufacturers that I've worked with before. It's typically sourcing based on whatever they need and whatever yes. is cheapest, right? Yes. Based on what is most responsible for, you know, society and the earth. So I love that. So I'll Absolutely. also dive into uh, renewable energy and what is socially responsible. And if that's also tied into sustainable sourcing. Absolutely. So renewable energy is energy derived from natural sources. Um, that means that they are replenished at a higher rate than they are consumed. So examples would be wind. So you have, you know, wind farms or falling water, which is hydroelectric. Plant materials can be used as a fuel. We call that biomass. Heat from the earth, which is called uh, geothermal, as well as sunlight, which we're used to seeing as far as solar panels are concerned. These energy sources are plentiful. They never run out. They emit little to no greenhouse gas emissions or pollutants. Okay. And then you are considering all of those in your manufacturing? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We are a global manufacturer. Also, floor covering is just one division. We have three other divisions, including textile, chemical, and healthcare. Also, as far as our suppliers, we spent over two years combing into our supply chain and really knowing who our suppliers are. Our products are, as far as floor covering are concerned, is 100% transparent. So we know all of the ingredients in our products. We know where these ingredients come from. And like I mentioned, it was a multi-year project to really comb and know who our suppliers were, who their suppliers were, and who their suppliers were. Yeah. And I'm sure that goes into your marketing stories, how your sales reps are telling the story behind each of the products and really getting those designers to really buy into that for their projects. Yes. So another couple of things that you mentioned a moment ago was you said sustainability promotes justice. 
Yes. I love that. So talk to me more about that. How does it promote justice? How do you believe it? Sustainability is linked to social impact overall. Absolutely. When we look at how different communities are impacted by climate change and by the environment that has been caused by just, you know, man-made <laughs> challenges and issues and such, there is a responsibility for all of us to help with these different challenges, whether that's, you know, pollutants in the air that's impacting certain populations that causes upper respiratory issues or asthma. And so when we look at different projects and how we can invest in certain communities based around environmental aspects, that is social impact. It's something that we should be doing personally. It's something that we should be working with our communities and including in our communities is also businesses. And we should all be working towards having that type of impact to empower those who cannot empower themselves. And that's such a big task, right? It is. To get people on board with that, to change their norms, to realize like this is worth focusing on, right? So I know that you, you know, are working on it from a manufacturer's perspective, but what do you see as like the solution for it to get people to really care and change? Absolutely. For one, I really think it's important to educate our youth. And it's so encouraging to see how our youth are really involved in climate activism and just being aware of what's going on around them. It's truly inspiring. And I also believe, you know, it is the children that also can influence their parents. You really have to make sustainability and social impact really personal for people. Most people know someone who has, you know, asthma or someone who lives in a food desert. You know, you, you really have to make it personal and something that, that they can relate to. I remember talking to my mom about recycling back in middle school, like, why don't we have recycling bins, right? And I remember when she called me and said, I have recycling bins now. You know, so it's really working with meeting people where they are, where they can understand sustainability and how it impacts their community. Yeah, I love that. And that makes it a lot more easier to digest versus like, yes. all right, here's this huge mission of, you know, making sustainability visible and understandable for people. And in order to do that, just start with, okay, where are they now? How do they understand their current processes and how they're consuming and then making it relatable? Okay. That seems doable for everyone, right? <laughs> yes. All right. So let's go back to Milliken and the rating that you just shared with us a moment ago. I know you shared a little bit about what you guys are currently doing in terms of sustainable sourcing and including those renewable energy sources in your processes. What are some ways that Milliken continuously incorporates sustainability into practices, into manufacturing to achieve the ratings that they had, especially for like the world's most ethical companies for as long as you guys have? The world's most ethical is super exciting for us. We've had it now since its inception for 17 consecutive years. One way that we achieve this rating is we have a program called ACE, which actually stands for Awareness and Compliance and Ethics. And so annually, we have like this online training program for management, as well as administrative associates. And we have to have 100% participation, 100%. And <laughs> there are multiple courses. It's usually around 20 to 25 courses that we have to complete for the year. There's a course on like anti-bribery and corruption, mental health, 
allyship, to name a few. And it's pretty rigorous. It's great learning. We all laugh about it because we have to get it done. or We're always racing at the end of the year to get it done. But it's something that we are truly proud of to, to have that rating each year. Wow. So it's going across literally all types of topics. Yes. Yes. People are informed really about like the world, the world issues, where they stand, how they can be a better citizen. Absolutely. Yes. And it's global. Yes. Globally, we do it. Yes. I hope that more companies do something like that. I've never experienced <laughs> that type of training. I love that you guys do that. Okay. So in your experience and career, what are some blind spots that interior product companies have when it comes to sustainability, whether that's creating sustainable products or integrating sustainability into every part of your company? Because Milliken is a really great example. Like all the things that you're sharing with me, I've worked for a handful of international interior product companies I've never heard of these things before. So break down some blind spots that you've seen in your research of other companies or even competitors. You don't have to name names, but <laughs> share with us. You know, it's really important to take a holistic approach. We've talked about a couple of times how sustainability is so broad. So you'll definitely see, and this is across building materials, period, you know, companies really championing certain themes or certain trends as far as sustainability is concerned, but they're all important. So like right now, everyone's talking about carbon and embodied carbon, and it is very important too. But we also can't dismiss material health or transparency either. So it's really trying to balance it all, which is very difficult. Also, customers' wants are different, depending on regionally where they live. You know, we're a global manufacturer as well as many other companies. So it's really just approaching it holistically having a designated team as well. Corporate sustainability, there is a lot of work to be done. And there is globally, you know, time is really of the essence as far as what we need to accomplish by a certain time frame. Yeah. And what is that time frame? Because I was just talking to people, somebody <sighs> yesterday. Yesterday? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> About the yesterday? Thing. Yeah. And people are like, oh, well, you know, by year 2030, we're going to expect this. And by year 2050, we're going to expect that. Like, and everybody has a different goal of when they want to meet certain standards of sustainability for their company. So like, I guess you said it before. Timeline is yesterday. <laughs> the timeline is yesterday. They haven't started. Where did they even set that timeline? You know? Exactly. I mean, and sustainability is a journey. Mm -hmm. Sustainability is a journey. But I think definitely getting a firm understanding of your greenhouse gas emissions is step one as far as mitigating climate change. Yeah. But I mean, we're seeing something in the news every week. Maui is devastating. It's devastating watching that on the news. Yeah. And lots of things are happening all around us. But I feel like a lot of interior product manufacturers that are not centered in sustainability have been very centered on their bottom line for a long time. So they're thinking, how is this going to be profitable? So in switching to focus on anything, whether it's sustainability, sometimes it's DEI, sometimes it's focusing on social selling and switching to any focus that is important, they always have to understand, well, how is this going to affect our bottom line? So I wonder if you've seen that companies successfully adopt sustainability into their practice and how they kind of translate it into profitability. Have you seen that at all? Absolutely. Whether that is 
and there's so many different, you know, types of businesses. But if you're looking at, you know, operations and looking at reducing your energy efficiency, sustainability is definitely a part of the bottom line. Uh, there's also a risk involved, whether that's compliance or governance, different laws that are coming out, whether that's, you know, around embodied carbon. There is certainly risk that now we are looking at internally and other industries are as well, especially financial institutions. And when we start to see how climate change is impacting our real estate, it is becoming, you know, very much a topic of discussion. Right. It is impacting people's bottom line. Okay. Well, that's always important for those interior product companies listening. So we have to do a deep dive into that and how that sustainability will impact their bottom line, both now and in the future. So as we continue on this long journey of sustainability and incorporating it into many different aspects, what are your hopes for how the design industry will embrace sustainability now and in the future? I think one, educating. Education is huge. Being aware of the why, if that makes sense. Why material health is important. Why transparency is important. Why it should be important to your customers, end users, health and well-being and body carbon. You know, the built environment contributes to almost 40% of greenhouse gas emissions globally. So the design industry can influence and really has the power to change and help to mitigate climate change based on the decisions that they make as far as building materials. 40%. That's a huge portion. So we just start to be more conscious of every single product that is included in the built environment, every single thing that we reuse that could change the future of our world. <laughs> Literally. Yes. I mean, typically, you know, commercial spaces, you know, and flooring is one thing that you change out, you do a refresh, you know, five to seven years, especially in the hospitality industry as well. So we really have to kind of change the way we think about new products and be a little bit more accepting of reused products. And it's great to also see kind of a marketplace being built around reuse for building materials too. So that's something that is exciting that I think we will see more of. Like I mentioned, circularity, you know, is trending globally, but I, I think definitely reusing products. Yeah, I love that. Well, Sarah, you shared so much today that I'm sure people will get gems from everything from your journey to how you got to where you are today in sustainability and into your product industry. You wrote down sustainable sourcing and renewable energy, how social impact is linked to sustainability and what your hopes are for the future of sustainability in the design industry. So if people want to connect with you or learn more about Millichan's sustainability efforts, where should they find you all online? Absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn, Sarah Anaharo. And then our 2022 CSR report is available on the Millican website. It is a great read. So please check it out. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for being an amazing guest. And I'm sure everybody will enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for having me. Go Orange. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive in Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive in Design. And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveindesign.co. 
As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week. Thank you.